welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with three members of a band called College Radio. Woo! Yeah, uh, hello. that's us. Yes, sir. <laughs> and it's it's funny because I actually got to meet you guys before even having you guys on the podcast. I was creepily sitting in a chair off camera listening to your, to Evan and Gordon's uh, podcast with Nate Lewis. So I was just uh, absorbing your guys' life essence to understand who you guys are. You're not the Highlander. Get out of here. You got to <laughs> cut my head off. I was going to say, I was kind of feeling it. <laughs> yeah, you were doing some kind of research. That was at uh, Raised on Rhythm. Yes, sir. Uh, and oh, now, now we're here. So I've actually becoming I'm becoming hip to bands. So I learned that project is a word that people and bands toss around a lot and projects associate with like different bands you guys have been in versus like where I feel like pop or hip hop projects usually mean an EP or an LP. Maybe bands use that as well. But it's a, it's a split of the two. Okay. Well, We've been throwing around LP quite a bit lately. There indeed. So uh let's first let's introduce I'll introduce you guys. So we got Gordon to the left of me. Hey. Then we got Melvin. Hey, hey. To the diagonal of me or adjacent. It's, it's yeah, there you go. And then we got a uh, I know your name. That's cool. It's Evan. It is Evan. There we go. You <laughs> were in glasses last time. I was, yeah. Damn. You still looking cute, that. man. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I wasn't worried about it, but now I so thank you. There we go. So <laughs> I want to hear about all the different projects you guys have been in to start off. So let's start with uh, let's start with Evan. All right, on uh, my first band was Photon Pharaoh. It was kind of thrashy punk thing. We called it like bubblegum thrash. Mm. So it was kind of kind of like Death from Above. I don't little... know any bands. You guys are like right my on. third band. So I'm I'm becoming I'm trying I'm trying to learn more about bands. So what is thrash? To uh, begin with? Oh, Big we were question. just instead of playing well, we played fast. Okay. Uh, I think that's that was kind of the idea. We it, it had a very kind of antagonistic bent to it, like you know, insult the audience and mm. steal their drinks and spit on them and stuff like that. It was it was a certainly a a vibe. It was the nice way to put it is challenging. <laughs> um, and then for my next thing, I kind of went the opposite direction with uh, Midnight Movie, which is more. Kind of pop punk, but a little bit, a little bit of indie. Like okay. we get compared to like Jeff Rosenstock and pop and stuff like that. It's really not that far off college radio. And you're still in that band as well. I am still in that band. Uh, band. It's fun. Yeah, Indeed. I, I, can we announce that we're we've we've got a show with College Radio coming up? I don't know if it's oh, been announced shit. yet, but we we do know that it's happening. Are you gonna drink like a Red Bull or something beforehand? So you. Yeah, well, I already do. I drink these disgusting cherry vanilla five hour <laughs> energies I get from the dollar store. From the dollar store, yeah. shout out the dollar store. Oh yeah, dude, Dollar Tree baby. Oh, Bro, candy, I, baby. <laughs> there you go. I get my air. Fr- I, my favorite air freshener flavor is the black ice one. You know, it's right? a stereotypical oh. one, but they sell them for a dollar at the Dollar Tree. So right. I'll just buy like five in a row versus going to the gas station. It's like seven bucks for three. That's what whenever we get to shows early, we go hit the dollar store and we're like, yeah, we'll just get like one thing. And Gordon <laughs> and I get like 20 or 30 movie candies. Hell yeah. That's it's pretty fun. We got those the cubes best addiction. last time too. Yeah, we got a bunch best. of those Warheads cubes in Portland. Yeah, yeah. those lasted like 20 seconds at my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know they got used. <laughs> so up next, we got Melvin. Oh, I like uh, your tattoos, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. It's not done yet either, but That's hopefully. Do you, have any, do you have any color? No, I I didn't really get any plan, but I know I have stuff in the works for some color tattoos on the there legs, but uh, that's I, in process. I thought it was, I, I didn't realize why black people don't get color, but it also just doesn't show up on us that way. Well. That's what I was going to say. That's kind of the majority <laughs> of why I came into it with ideas like, I should do some color here, but he goes, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll follow your lead. Follow There's your a lead. couple colors that pop, though. Like, you, you have to pick and choose. I've got like yeah. red and the the reds will do. I have red, but then 
I have like blue oh, and cool. green, but you can't tell that it's like <laughs> blue and green, you know? I, I can like tell that. that they're both either blue or green. Yeah, yeah there you go. In that general good. family. It's enough to get the conversation started, at least. <laughs> and you can clarify. Oh, well. Exactly. Is that blue or green? <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, outside of the oddity bands that I joined i say joined because we didn't really do anything in high school we were just a band so we can meet girls and i <laughs> i wasn't in that vibe but as i kind of got out of that i was able to find a band called cash and karma okay um, oh shit so you're about to be on the podcast again i'm dead back to back <laughs> let's do it okay that's cool dave was in here yeah with, i forget who was he was with someone from apology wars kyle kyle they're roommates and they get to do that okay there stuff. we go so you're coming back on soon yeah uh, funny <laughs> enough i've been finding that to be the case a lot of the ways uh with these bands kind of both putting out new work and getting themselves you know back out into the scene with us coming all back from quarantine uh but i've been in that band on and off for the last almost 10 years oh, so shit. how uh, old are you i'm 26 okay you're 26 and yeah. how, how old are you evan Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> there we go. I'm uh, 35. No, you're not. Yeah, Shit. unfortunately, really? I am. That's crazy. I, that is not something I would pretend to be. <laughs> is that like your actual hair color then? No, no. It's just for men. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is. There's a lady on the box. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I, my my gal will be happy to hear that because I used to do it just like ice white, Ooh. and now she wants me to do a more natural color. So apparently, I've fooled somebody. <laughs> Woo! There you go. There we go. I um, but yeah, going with them, we've been <laughs> we've been on and off going trying to tangent back, uh, but yeah, I've been on and off with them. I left for school, went back after I kind of figured that out. I left to go get married, try to teach, do all that stuff. And Wait, then... figuring out school does that mean you dropped out or you finished? No, 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 no. I, I finished. I finished. Um, and then I rejoined the band my senior year, and then uh, after a couple of years being in that band for a while, I just decided I needed to figure out what I wanted to do, thinking. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I was thinking back then, but I just knew I wanted to try to find ways to settle myself. So I got married. I started teaching at a local school that I was at. And uh, after quarantine happened, I decided, you know, I really do miss music. That was like the one thing I was missing in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hit them up, actually. They were one of the first bands I talked to because I was just like, you know, I really enjoyed it. I know when we when I left, it was amicable. We didn't have any ill feelings. And they welcomed me back with open arms. And oh, I say maybe about... Four or five days after I announced I was back with Cash and Karma, Gordon hit me up and said, hey, we have a lead <laughs> guitar spot and we were wondering if you're interested. And I was like, it's a pop punk band. They sound like all the bands I like to listen to. And every time we played together, it was like this energy was just unreal. So I was like, yeah, no way I'm not saying no to this. I, I have to go for it. So it's been like this whole roller coaster of balancing all of the stuff going on with Cash and Karma and all the stuff going on with College Radio. And it's been like the happy accident that is now my life there because now I'm doing double shifts of, of music <laughs> in my week. We just, last week we played um, our EP release for Cash and Karma at the High Dive. And Ooh. then two days later I'm playing Elko with these guys and we're just tearing it up. So that's dope. It's like, that's life to me right now. And I, I love it every you got, second. You got to do Cash and Karma, Midnight Movies and uh, College Radio. Dude, yep. that bill, <laughs> That'd be me and Evan are going to be tired, but it's going to be fun. It'll oh. be doable. It needs to be done. We can do that. It needs to happen. There we go. Simple and as that. Up next, we got a Gordon. Oh, man. So, like, there's been this long-running joke of I've been in every single Seattle band since the dawn of time. Because um, <laughs> technically, I'm old, too, actually. I'm I'm 35. What the guy? I'll be 35 
in a couple days. Um, we played a show, and I'm going to say it. Everyone thought my birthday was September 11th. That was my little cousin's <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday, Aaron. Um, my birthday is September 27th because I'm a lucky 27. Ooh, um, it is. But I've been in a lot of bands, and I'm going to name them off real quick so we can get to the good ones. Uh, so my first <laughs> band was called Theme for Murder. Uh, I was 18 when that first started. Uh I, I did play in bands in high school, but they didn't really do a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. Did some touring with those bands, too. But uh, Theme for Murder was my first one. Uh, then I jumped into a band, which was a pop punk band, uh, called Madison Drive. Went from Madison Drive to a band out here called Moneta. And then from Moneta, I joined a hardcore band called To The Wind. What's hardcore band? Oh, so it's kind of like the similar to the thrash style stuff, but a little bit more... Uh, Aggressive in the more cool guy way. So I don't you know punch I'm... fans and so just make fun of them. Exactly. All their <laughs> instruments have the wrong number of strings. The basses have five. The guitars have seven. To it's eight. it's. You guys say wrong. Awful. It just sounds like y'all just had an idea and said, "Let me throw some shit in here real quick. <laughs> Let's try and make a lower string." That was one of my favorite bands, though. Like to the wind, we did a lot of touring. Um, with that, I got the opportunity to join the main band that I would then play in, called I Declare War, for multiple years, touring all over the world. Um, from there, I transitioned to a group called Enterprise Earth. After that group, uh, I love that group to death. Rob, I love you to death. Gabe, um, Dan, I hope you come back soon because I know they're touring with a uh, different vocalist right now. So they're still around. You're just not oh, yeah. in it? The, yeah, sadly. <laughs> eh, I played bass in those bands, though, so that was like the biggest thing for like a, technically a professional bass player. But after that, I wanted to create my own thing and college radio happened after that. I also played in a band called No Home, which I actually recently stepped down. Not a lot of people know about it. They're seeing because they played a, a weekend run and I wasn't there. Uh, mm. Sorry guys, not in the band anymore. College Radio is too busy for me. Um, and then now, now we're here. So College, college Radio, radio is, your, is your baby. It is. Mm-hmm. We all found greener pastures here. That's awesome. But are you, you're not playing at colleges though. Or I mean, No, yeah. but we want to. We, if you yeah. run a college, please get in touch with us. Please. If KGRG. Yeah, this is one of those rare moments where, like, Green just like, app, the uh, admissions director or someone that runs shows at a college is just watching this, just like eye contact. Hi, we want to play with your your college. We just want to be there. But yeah. the yeah. funniest thing, and I know Evan sees it a lot, is we get messaged on a daily, multiple times, asking about our college radio station. And- <laughs> yeah, people are constantly sending us music to uh, to put on the air. Just forward it to me now. <laughs> it was fun when it first started, and then it got super old. So now I'm just I used to fuck with them, play with them, but now I'm like read the email or read read our like info. Click the link, and I've had recently two people. I click the link, I see all this music, and I was like, yeah, it's our music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. You guys just mostly play that one band. You should play my band as well. You don't understand. You <laughs> just up your up the library. Come on. So you guys have been around for like two, three, about three years. Three years. Do you guys feel like, like a, are you guys a staple in Seattle yet? Then. Fuck yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're we're doing our best. I'd like to think so. I think we're a fast growing staple in the alternative scene in Seattle. If okay. that makes sense. We're definitely getting more recognizable. Like when. When I go to play midnight movie shows or when I go to bars, people will be like, oh, yeah, college radio. Yeah. And anyone we work with is like, yeah, I saw you guys at and then the list to show off. And it's mm-hmm. usually the Crocodile or Tony V's. Yep. But, yeah, it feels like we've definitely uh, become people are aware of us. Right. I would say I, I hope their opinion is positive. But at this point, I'm just happy that they're aware of us. And how do you get your name out in Seattle being a band? 
oh, just constantly hustling. putting it out, hustling. Yeah, hustling. Like it's it's like I mean, think about it. Like the hip hop thing. You got someone in the back, someone out back, trying to sell records out of their trunk. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like that. The music scene is very similar to the hip hop scene now. We mm-hmm. honestly have stolen everything from the hip hop scene, and that's all genres of like rock, alternative, metal. We've all taken Dude, from the hip hop scene. Even your guys' music video, eleven fifty nine, like you used hip hop transitions. Not saying you like just stole, them, but yeah. I was like, that's 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 crazy that just hip hop is just taking over every genre. It's kind of wild. Yeah, so I mean, it's yeah. the way that they went about. Think about it. Hip hop has been doing singles forever. What is all these bands doing now? Like us, we're releasing it by singles, and at the end, you get a record. It's just easier. And I think, honestly, the hip hop scene realized that everybody has a really short attention span, and they were smart about it. Hence, why the hip hop scene was probably is and was always making a good amount of money mm. yeah. selling the records or songs. I also mm. think the community as a whole kind of has improved because of it too. Because when you think about it, you see all these rappers and they have mixtapes. They have collaborations that work with other artists in their scene or in their group that they vibe with. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more bands getting to that route too where they have like split releases or some kind of EP that comes out where it's like a joint effort between two bands. Mm. And that's just getting both of those markets to meet together, seeing their fan bases kind of collaborate as well as just showing that the community can be you know, sufficient by forming that alliance, you know? And I think a lot more bands, a lot more artists as a whole are starting to do that as well, which I love to see. Do do people think you're a rapper when they first see you? No, they think I'm a bassist. And then I just go, I mean, no, y'all haven't seen me yet. No. <laughs> Trust me, I can't be your bassist, my dude. I can't. So why'd you guys choose like a pop punk band like in, in, 20, in 2018? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, personally, like, uh, it's my all-time fa- personally for me, it's my all-time favorite style of music. Uh, I grew up listening to Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, the Atari's, uh, pretty much the SoCal like uh, drive-through records scene. When I say SoCal, I mean Fat Records as well. And over the years of playing heavy music for too long, watching people be violent, I wanted to create something that I personally wanted. To to do and that wasn't someone pretty much I felt like over the years I was a great like you know I played other people's music really good but I never got to play the music that we created Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what college radio became it was just an idea that it grew a lot quicker than I expected and I just talking to our management today it was just like holy shit like every goal that we had set for the end of this year we actually hit it almost this week yeah man like that's fucking awesome. Like so, we're it, it's 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 surprising. It's just speechless. <laughs> I told a I told a band that we played with. I think it was Side Note in Portland. Uh, I remember talking to them backstage before we went on, and I just told them how much I loved that these bands that are making this kind of music, the pop punk music that I feel like I'm right there with Gordon in the sense that like I grew up listening to a lot of stuff. I was a closeted rocker for about four or five years and then mm. I just was outright, you know, I, I loved music like rock and punk and anything that could really get you in any kind of mood you're feeling, that anger, that happiness, sadness, all of that resonated with me. And I knew that even back then, I just wanted to find a situation where it all aligns, when the sounds of like the 90s with Green Day, with the pop punk stuff that we kind of grew up with started becoming popularized again. And oddly enough, I kind of felt it coming yeah. even before I even got back in the band. So I was like, there are people walking around with t-shirts from like Nickelodeon shows that I grew up listening to as, yeah. or watching as a kid. And I'm just like, dude, is that a cat dog shirt on a, on a random dude <laughs> down the street? So you're saying there's a chance. Okay. 
and like right now we're seeing it with the musicians that we grew up listening to as, as hip hop artists like MGK or even Willow Smith who kind of had a vibe that was a little more on the indie side that of things. album was uh, I liked one or two songs it was, it was so cookie cutter which was kind of upsetting but that's just it so as much as I love them doing it the fact that they are trying to make this happen means yeah. that there's a there's a desire for an authentic pop punk sound in the popular stream so that means it is getting back to that point. I, I told that band back then, even uh, now, it's like, we're seeing the opportunity. We just need to have authentic bands filling that void. And that's what really will drive it, you know? And we just hooked that train and we're just trying to take the ride. Damn and right. From there, like, it's, it's, as long as you can jump on that train, it's all on you after that. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get on the train, that's the hardest part. But once you're on the train, just hold it's on, on tight. Hold on tight and make sure you do everything right at that point. Just be respectful too. That's the biggest thing in any any industry. It's respect who you work with, work with respectable people, and just don't be an asshole. Yeah, no gatekeeping. Yeah, mm-hmm. have fun. For yeah. my second podcast, the BBC podcast. Hey, <laughs> called Blake Burton, Brian Barnett conspiracy. Okay, I was gonna ask. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can. I, I, don't know, I, that's I pointed to. <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but but um, it's mostly about conspiracies. But we decided to do an episode like a week or two ago about the return of pop punk, and my co-host and I, even though we aren't in pop punk, but we both enjoy it. We think it's actually rebranding to like hyper pop punk, and it's taking elements from what we enjoyed from like the late '90s, early 2000s. But we think it's like actually changing. Do you think that? Like hip hop and the original pop punk bands are going to be like clashing, or you think it's going to become like one cohesive genre, or you think there's going to be like split parts of pop punk? Because Ian Dior is a fucking hip hop artist that's making pop punk. Like, I I think the lines are just going to start blurring more and more between the arts, and really the the division I see that's still occurring is not so much between styles of music. It's not to just come out and say it, but it's kind of in levels of production, honestly. Like, you know, MGK and stuff, it's all going to kind of sound the same, just, you know, sliding levels of like, okay, the drums are more prominent, or okay, we have a guitar that sounds real this time. Mm. But it's all going to be pretty much the same, you know, super produced, super shiny product. Same with whatever Willow Smith is putting out. I mean, you can slide the slider from pop punk to hip hop, but it's going to be pretty much the same thing. I think too with it, like think about it, like Trippy Reed, like Trippy Reed, Trippy uh, Red, Trippy oh. Red. Oh, <laughs> no, Trippy Reed's a different guy. Whatever. <laughs> His transition. I mean, you know, he had that song with MGK, got that candy, yeah. You know, like that was his transition from his hip hop stuff to jumping on the same thing and doing some of the more of the rock stuff. His stuff is a little more alternative, um, but then you have other, like Ghost Main, for instance, is that hip-hop guy that took the deathcore side and the heavy side. So that hip-hop transition to all sorts of alternative music is really starting to make its, Mm. you know, that's not my favorite. I like the more pop-punk side of stuff, but, like, bring it on. Like, whatever people, like, this whole point of music is creating something different. As much as I love listening to the same thing, like, my favorite band's Alkaline Trio, I could listen to that same song and not get bored. Mm. But we live in a world where people get super bored super quick, so you need something that's either going to be a little bit different or something that's going to just catch. So but do you think hip-hop artists are always going to like kind of outshine in numbers to actual bands? Like hip-hop is when you – I was – me and Oli, shout out Oli the intern here, was <laughs> producing this podcast for us. Um, we were looking up like the rock charts on like Spotify and iTunes, and it was all like hip-hop artists. 
over actual like bands and if they were if there were bands or like they were like older bands so do you think newer bands are ever going to be able to outshine these hip-hop artists i think it's i think the i hate to say it as i think that there's a small gatekeep with that almost just like in any industry whether it be music whether it be art whether it be professional stuff i mean people are still trying to break out to be even like anybody else like soccer players finally female soccer players are now getting exactly the same deals as male they're the first sports team or like if i'm, if I'm correct me if i'm wrong right. to do that and i think that's what we should have for the music side of things but i right. mean in the end it's if you're prettier if you are doing something better it doesn't matter if you're a, a good musician or if you write good it there's other things that add to the attributes and they're going to outweigh, I think, till the end of time. I don't think that's ever going to stop. Mm-hmm. But that's where you have to, as a musician, figure out what you can do better to just even get out there. And like I said, it's you can jump on the train, get on the train. The rest is on you. Like Yeah. And I also would factor in uh, there's so many more juggling out things that go on when it comes to a band versus an artist, like a single, single solo artist. You have more potential to get your personality and your character out there in the world as just one person. Whereas as a band, there's four or five people that are also creating this work that have to attribute the same message, the same direction that you have in order for that kind of success to be replicated as an as a solo artist. You know, like I think of back in the day with like Good Charlotte or even Blink One Eighty Two, three guys or in Good Charlotte's case, like two guys who had a very big personalities, very big, uh, just a very big perception of themselves when you see them out on stage or even out in out in like the pop pop culture world. But I think it was easier for them because they had that that same kind of drive, that same kind of style. Whereas other bands or bands that we see nowadays, there's always like one or two guys that's they're really good. They're a great part of the band, but you're not going to get a lot of backstory or behind the scenes or a lot of stuff that's going to be entertaining for the normal person. Right. So it's not going to be easy for that spotlight to be to stay on that on that group or on that person. You know, there's a lot more you can build off of with one person having that same motivation, that same motif that you expect from them. And they can use that to be just like their their calling card, their signature. Yeah, you even see that on social media. I've been doing like a little like just experiments and for social media at least. Getting in the so, lab. Yeah. And what I've realized, even like the, the biggest band you can think of still has like under a million followers. This is ex- ex- this is a exaggerated example, I feel like. <laughs> but like the biggest band you can think of will have like under a million followers, even if they're huge compared to like one hip hop artist or pop artist, because people want to follow a personality versus a whole band, which I find very interesting. Well, another element of this that I think we're kind of missing is when you're talking about these numbers, you're saying on Spotify, on iTunes, on social media, I think you're, you might be missing a humongous swath of the market that is just not engaged in these admittedly younger forms of media. Mm. Cause I mean, let's talk about something that old people consume. Like I bet on XM satellite radio, <laughs> rock and roll lives and dominates. Mm. And so, and like you're talking about, you know, Oh, they're, they're making money on their SoundCloud and their Spotify. Well, what about all the stupid T-shirt licensing at Target? That's uh, all bad rock bands. That's all Red Hot Chili Peppers and Led Zeppelin and junk like that. Like it, I think the demographics are moving very much, and I think young people and like people that really are the consumers of singles and the people that are consuming music in a digital space are younger, and they are skewing more towards hip hop in that way. But to say that rock and roll is not still 
you know, functional as part of art or that it's not making money anymore, I think is a misnomer. I think we just don't see the people that are spending money on it because it's uh, people that are my age or older. But what are your guys' target audience then, like as a newer band then? Oh, anyone with ears. Pretty much. Got ears? (laughs) Tight. Yeah, and we've seen a very even distribution of ages uh, with college radio fans. It's really nice when we do all ages shows. The kids are coming out. When we don't do all ages shows, the grown-ups come out. Well, it's having that mix too. Like we want to provide a space that's safe for all ages. So when we have the ability to play an all ages show, Hell yeah. If we could play only all ages shows, yes. we would. Oh, yeah. Because we want to create a space where, you know, that next person to see us could be that next band that blows up and could be, you know, just because they were able to see a band and felt safe. Um, and I feel like that's starting to grow. I feel like that parents are allowing their kids to go back to shows again. This whole warp Tour facade of, like, the creepers out there are finally being Wait, sought what, out and pushed that? away. Oh, creepers? man. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the whole Wart Tour aesthetic. I, I think, you on. know, if I may, uh, if we're talking about comparisons between pop punk and hip hop, uh, <laughs> I might be able to simplify this by saying that basically on the Warp Tour, everyone was Drake. Yes. Everyone was a creepy pedophile lover boy. <laughs> Grooming hey, away. Girl, how See old you are you? What year? high school do you go like to? Like in the crowd you're saying or what? Yeah. No. Like uh, in the bands. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wait, what's that Warped Tour? Is that a tour? Like who yeah. was it? See, you know, it's, Okay, it's, we got to go back to basics. Yeah. It, so Warped Tour is essentially like if you wanted to find your favorite band that was on like Fearless Records or like an indie or alternative type scene, you could probably find them one time at least at some point on Warped Tour. It's... Uh, Blink-182 did it in their earlier days. I remember Eminem did it in his earlier days. Eminem, Demi, Pink. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Yeah. Uh, Katy Perry. Yep. Yes. It was a staple for artists that were growing up. Uh, 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 that, uh, that, uh, you wanna fall in love. Post-in, whatever his name is. He became, I don't know, people, if you didn't know the melody. So it's kind of like a festival type deal? Yeah, essentially. It was a big, like, punk rock oriented festival. town to town over the entire summer. It's like pop punk summer camp. If I if I really Like a circus event. Yeah, punk rock summer camp. Skateboarding, music, the works. Like, and these bands were all Drakes, you're saying? Or I, mean, no, no, no. Uh, th- I mean, so there got to be a stereotype going around that a lot of these guys were uh, taking advantage of the fact that they had younger fan bases. Oh God, um, it's not everybody. Oh, yeah. I would say no, if you it, in a percentage, it would be like it was a very three percent. But that three percent, three percent is crazy. It was, it was it's got to be lower than that. But there's is it a, still enough, around though? Or? No, sadly, I, I think bet. there's a warp tour cruise. There is a oh no! Okay, that was like a it. bucket list thing to play at too, like just to get on a get a band and be on a Warped Tour bill. Like that would have been a dream thing for me. But now it's like, well, what do we what do we shoot for at this point? What's I would go thing? on that boat easily. I'd be, yeah. easily. We'd be playing, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cannonballing. I'm gonna get just bring I've, the I've done that on dry board. land. Like that's <laughs> seasick. But the whole point is, you know, like we want to create a safe place. We want to create a safe place for <laughs> everybody, though, not just like people that are underage, but people of the LGBTQ community and just of people of color as well. Just because we want everyone to feel safe and not like feel uncomfortable, because regardless, there are places in this world that people don't go to shows because they feel like they don't feel safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing as a band that we wanted to put out. Like, this is a fun place. You will not 
be pushed around in the wrong way. And if someone does, we will kick them out in a heartbeat. Like and their asses. Yeah. And I mean, Ooh. I and always we'll shame them, and we'll get the whole crowd to yell mean <laughs> stuff at uh-huh. them. <laughs> I've always kind of felt like, as as a person of color that's dealt with the, I don't, I wouldn't even say it was like shame, but it's like I'd be ridiculed for the stuff I listened to as uh. a kid. And there were so many elements of music that I didn't navigate because I just was told it wasn't for me. I always <laughs> kind of saw exactly right. I found it to be so stupid, but you know, for me, whenever I play music, I always kind of have that that mentality of like, I want to be someone's gateway. You know, I want to be someone that can see me playing or can see our band perform and just be like, you know, that's not what I thought it was going to be when I think of a pop punk band. Let me see what else is out there. Like, I always just found that to be a really driving factor for me. I want no one else to feel like they have to choose this one genre to listen to and only listen to it and mm-hmm. if you went anywhere else you're betraying it or to feel like it's not for you you can't find anything you like out of it i just want people to find the thing that they find passionate or they find a very happy place in and be able to continue to pursue it even if it's not from that same band so i think college radio and how we present ourselves on stage and just as people we yeah. do that so i think like uh, another band that does this is action adventure you know pop punk yeah. and color i love that is that Hell in yeah. seattle or outside of seattle they're outside of seattle they're actually going to be playing with newfound glory tomorrow uh, uh for the riot fest after what's party new, and what's newfound glory the best pop punk band in the world whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, One yeah. of uh, we're getting into a different conversation now <laughs> <laughs> like i can't name a single band from seattle except you guys pretty awkward pretty awkward the martial law band but that's more like i know them because they're more hip-hop yeah so True. besides that maybe like nirvana that's pretty much it yeah just nirvana harvey danger and heart and that's all of them yeah <laughs> for pop punk we, we were fortunate enough like uh amber pacific is a band that's still irrelevant uh that is from here still relevant relevant <laughs> still irrelevant it became a beef right here they're well, still <laughs> shade and they're still self shelves right sorry bring it <laughs> what's going on no i want to play with you um and then you got bands like uh this providence from here uh gatsby's american dream there used to be oh, like oh yeah so many like the seattle scene was so big at one point like to to branch off you had aiden I, I hate to bring them up after some things, but the music side of it, they were the biggest underground thing to happen for a minute in the early 2000s that I remember going to see, and it was so awesome. We had Fall From Grace, which is another like alternative rock. The, the bridge gap of like punk rock, pop, but still like alternative. Oh, Fall of Troy in that same vein. Yes. Oh. Uh, Blood Fall. Brothers, Thank These you. Arms Are Snakes. I mean, there's, uh, there's oodles and oodles These of good stuff. These are just stuff. crazy names. And that's, you guys just say it the battle. Battle. And that's, yeah. the, that's just <laughs> one side of it. You have Botch. You have oh. like, Champion. Uh, but I only, I'll, I'll say Sinking Chips, not Champion. Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it goes on and on. There's just so many cool bands that have come out of this wonderful state of Washington. That's why a lot of people move here, too. Oh, you know what? I caught the last like 10 minutes. I was in Redmond, oh, when was this? A couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and I heard Float On just like, I was in my car, oh, I was yeah. like, what's yeah. going on? And then it turns out Modest Mouse was playing in Redmond, I caught the last song. There you like, go. Oh, shoot. That's a good, oh, that's a they good They played show. for two days in Redmond, I was like, holy shit, that's dope. Is that Mary Moore? That sounds like something they would do. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we're not talking two days straight, right? No, yeah, they, they, yeah. Did, they played two back-to-back days at Mary Moore. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Just yeah. solid 48 hours, man. Just 48 it's hours like straight. like Grateful Dead. And I mean, it's like, it's going to be just dashboard and float on for like a good six hours, and then they're going to run through the rest of an album. <laughs> so it was like 
See, people keep bringing up Blink 182. Is that like the Jay Z of pop punk or? I'd say they're like they're a pretty <laughs> huge <laughs> touchstone. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> they're that, the cornerstone of that's, the pop punk. I mean, it, even still, like with their new music. Like okay, well, I would say that they've, they've worked with rappers and stuff, and it's just been booty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've kind of gotten to a level where, on the strength of their earlier material, they'll kind of always have a place at the table. But I mean, Blink One Eighty Two was so popular; it's hard to overstate how big Enema of the State was. Like yeah. to give an example i think my sister had that cd uh like everyone it was like thriller everyone on earth bought that album that had what's my age again and all the small things and i think aliens exist and just it it was such a huge cultural moment i was just re-watching mtv uh beach house 99 with blink 182 they were the biggest thing in America at that time. Yeah, and they they were the definition of pop punk. Damn. And so many things that we we associate with pop punk, you're just thinking, you know, the jumping around and the the poop and pee jokes and the stage banter and the you know throwing around blow up dolls at shows. It's <laughs> it's all Blink One Eighty Two. Like they yeah. wrote the book on pop punk. It's Green Day opened the door. Nirvana. Open the door, really. Yeah, to be thing. honest, Nirvana opened the door. Green Day. Not a whole lot of pop in that punk. No, though, maybe. Mm. No, not a lot. Maybe no. Teen Spirit. Does that count a little bit? That yeah. that is the one that really That's branched it out. And... Yeah, I, they. I definitely consider them a punk band. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't think th- I don't think of them as a grunge band, an alt band. No. They're a punk band. Any, I, if I'm not mistaken, Kurt even says we're a punk band. I created this as a punk band. Yeah. But they all help open that door, and then like, I mean, less than Jake, they were on tour with Blink right before Enema came out. And I remember uh, the singer Less Than Jake on his podcast talking mm-hmm. to Mark. He's like, I remember getting in the vehicle and you guys played me a couple of the songs. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is it. Like, something's going to happen with you guys. And then literally they played Warp Tour that next freaking day. Arenas. Yeah. Arenas. Mm-hmm. It's just like Green Day. They went out. Uh, Dookie came out. They went <laughs> on a club tour for half the tour. And then the record did so well that they went from clubs to arenas overnight. That's like, all it takes. Like, does that still happen though? Probably. Or? Yeah. If Absolutely. you think about it, like, uh, look at. I mean, right now we can't really do a whole lot because you know the pandemic. But it, and it goes for other artists too. Lady Gaga was the same way. Like I remember seeing her playing with the White Tie Affair at the Soto. Next time she comes back, she plays the Tacoma Dome. Damn. I think of like Dua Lipa. I remember I caught on to that wave like right around the time her debut album came out, and she was still like the under the like unknown to America, still trying to get herself up to the next level. And I mean, the second that album became got the traction, second album was setting her up for stadium tour. She's playing Climate Pledge Arena now. Isn't but that she so was... funny? Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> I know it still doesn't feel right. It's still Key Arena in my brain. Idea is good. Name long, a little long winded. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, definitely but it, it abbreviates to CPA. Isn't that cool? Like certified public accountant. It's the most bland <laughs> thing to that ever. Rocks. CP- <laughs> Welcome to CPA Arena. Oh man, oh, accountants get in free. That's good. so. You guys are a signed band. Is that correct? Um, we have been. We have been. You have. We have been? experience in being signed. We, yes. we 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 were a signed band. Um, we have recently become an independent band again. From choice or fiercely by choice. independent? By yes, by choice. By choice. And why is that? Um, you know, it's just we have the uh, we had the opportunity to to do stuff on our own. Um, in a world where it's very, 
it's easy to do it on your own. So we wanted to do that. We wanted to see what we can do on our own. Um, we love Third String. Mike and Cheyenne are freaking amazing. The new bands they got are amazing. It's just I think we uh, we felt like we outgrew and we want to grow some more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just like anything, when you, you got to break something off and do yourself, you know, do you for a bit and then, you know, see what else is out there. And that's what we're trying to do. You Get know? that glow up going, you know, start looking good. And then every other label that's above that just starts going, huh, what they doing down there? So bands don't really want to be in record labels just like how hip-hop artists don't want to be in record labels? Or how does this... I would say it's like the same thing in a way. But, I mean, bands want to be on record labels. That's like the thing. You know, it's like, I want a band. I want to get signed. I want to get signed. We, As musicians, it's the one thing we want. Like, that was like the coolest thing in the world to sign a contract or do that. And, and then you realize, oh, man, this is really stressful. And then, you know, if you think about it, a label is similar to like a bank. They're going to loan you money to put out something and then you owe them money. And some, you can kick ass and sometimes you you owe a lot of money because you didn't do it right. Then they they break your knees. Yeah. They take you out. It always kind of felt like, like as I've kind of gone through this whole evaluation of what it means to be signed and how it feels to be independent, kind of just feels like it's like a validation stamp, you know? It's like this label says that you have the ability and the potential to do something greater than what you've already done, and we want to invest in that. And that's awesome. And I, I feel like I was someone that, that was there to that, that idea that getting that stamp of approval is what you need. But in all reality, we've seen so many artists... I. I Ghost Main is a really big example in my brain that says, you know what? You really don't need that validation. Fuck that validation. If you have the quality, you have the the drive to do it yourself, and you have the potential to really reach out to somebody, you can do whatever. This guy literally just played Lala. He played main stage, and he does not have a label. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not impossible. It's just a matter of drive. It's the huge thing right now within all genres of music is to be independent. Like, get yourself a booking agent. Do it yourself. But you guys still have like a management team. Yes. Because it's a little harder to manage, you know, everything on your own. Like it's a, you can. We also don't want to have our brains explode. So it helps us a whole lot. And uh, we appreciate it. Pin up management. Kick ass. Love you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. We love you. <laughs> That's dope. And is that in Seattle? Or like California based. So how do you, how do you find record labels and management teams in the first place? Um, a lot of times they come looking for you. Um, Even in Seattle? Because I feel like a lot of hip-hop artists like, there's there's no way we can make it here in Seattle. we got to leave. I mean, if that's... Everyone wants to go to L.A. I, I get it. L.A.'s fun. L.A.'s fun sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's expensive, too, just like Seattle. Yeah. But it's... You have to research. It's, it's pretty much work. You have to put in the work to find the people that you want to work with and reach out, pretty much. And if you have good stuff... 85% of the time, those people will get back to you and you can talk to them and they'll work with you. If not, it's just creating something that someone wants to work with. That's the biggest thing. It's like the cool part about being a band is you can keep writing songs because eventually one of your songs are going to be a hit or they're they're not. And then maybe take a step back, reevaluate, and then go from there. But right. I mean, you don't need management. You don't need, if you can do it on your own, I highly suggest it because, you know, being self-sufficient in anything goes a long way. Like, so how do you make how do how do bands make the majority of their money? Is it from t-shirts? T-shirts. Merch. We're we're merch. we're pretty much a traveling uh, merchandise store, if that makes sense. So it's mm-hmm. like you're gonna make your money off of those twenty dollars shirts over that ten ten thousand dollar record that you just put out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like just because you know 
music doesn't make a whole lot of money unless you're getting it on airplay if you're, you're getting it on television shows um it's just being resourceful and finding the best resources to put your thing in that's how you can create income on that but for bands like us it's touring playing live and selling merchandise uh, do are bands in like any local seattle shops i know a lot of hip-hop artists get their clothing lines in seattle like some are in some of the hot topics but that that actually is a hard one but if you can get into a shop that's really cool that's something i actually haven't thought about doing so and you got to talk to some of my previous guests part of the nas community we'll, Sick. We'll, we'll all work together i like that i like that look at the collaboration coming together yes, sir. here so do bands promote that they're from Seattle or if they do, do they get like overshadowed by like a Nirvana? Or they very much promote that they're from Seattle, All even the when they are not from Seattle. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen a lot of bands that are from varying degrees of the suburbs <laughs> Yeah, that are like, yeah, we're from Seattle. Uh, I've <laughs> seen one band, uh, I won't say who, but they are from over an hour away from Seattle, and they say that they are from Seattle. They're fuck uh, out of here. Yeah, they're over an hour south. <laughs> it's um, like Spokane, but yeah. we're from Seattle. I yeah. feel like the running meme could be like the actual area space of Seattle, and then if you wanted to pinpoint a map on where bands say they're from Seattle, you can probably go from like Bellingham until you get down to Olympia or something like that. Just that circle. You're oh, like gosh. you're Western. Yeah. yeah, we're Seattle, and like we at least get the cred because I do live in Seattle proper, so Thank we can. So that's that. why you're. That's why you're part of the band we can claim that yeah that and i have a place where we can practice it's also a pretty a good deal because melvin you're in where did you say you're you I'm, I'm out in lakewood which is a little bit up south from seattle or not seattle from tacoma see it happens here too it's just outside seattle yeah i know we're, <laughs> so we're like we're like this weird chopped off part of tacoma because tacoma was this huge thing and they decided in like the 80s we're gonna break it up and it became smaller and then smaller so i think we were one of the last little re last little breakoffs of tacoma and so, yeah, I'm like hour away from the practice space, and so oh, I make it. I make a bit of a commute because I even go from there for my work in Lacey, which is like another oh, twenty thirty minutes south from where I'm at. But you know, it's worth it. Lakewood's great, though. You guys got that uh, movie theater with all the car theft. You guys got a bunch of strip clubs. You know, it's, it's hey, a nice. We town. literally, we literally just had a news article about someone. There was like a a, a fight that turned into a shootout because. A tattoo artist, his girlfriend had some kind of relations with a brother and sister. How many people were involved in this? It shit? was like it was like Florida man took a vacation to Washington and just stopped off in Lakewood and said, "I'm gonna cause some mayhem here for like two three days." That's literally all it went to be. And I don't know, Lakewood's turning into a little bit of a Florida runoff. So anyway, that guy was the mayor. <laughs> I voted for him. No, I didn't. Vote for him. And then Gordon, where are you from? Um, originated from Auburn, Washington, but I live out in Everett, so hey, yeah, up north. So you guys are just all spread out. That's craziness. And then our, our our drummer Mike, who is not with us, he is also up north with me, out in Everett. So we represent the uh the North End. Northerners. What? That's <laughs> what, dope. What? Mike's <laughs> actually from Sacramento, though. So we got a, we got Cali blood. Yeah. Which makes us even more pop punk. I, I think. See you. That's dope. So. What is your guys' overall goal, though? Like, do you guys want to be known as a Seattle band? The first you... band to play on Mars. Oh my God, goals! No. Elon, where you at, dude? Let's let's you make got it Jeff. happen. You just got Jeff down the street. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I would say we do kind of want to define ourselves as like. I mean, we put Seattle pop punk on our shirts and stuff. Yeah. Not that one, but other ones. Yeah, yeah I'm wearing um, merch now. Yeah, yeah. What does it say on it? It says, it says College, College Radio. Radio. Of course. Flat out. It makes sense. That's a good coincidence because that's the name of our band. Oh, it shit. Is. I know. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's it's why not to be mistaken for that shirt is not a Yoshi shirt. Yoshi. Even though- yeah. I've heard that so many times. I, yeah. I sold them at our show 
still being called Yoshi. I want the Yoshi shirt. Yeah, sold. Okay, you got it, All dude. Right. You got it. One of these days we got to make it like an actual like Yoshi egg shirt, and someone's gonna be like, "Is that the flower shirt?" It's, yep, that's it, Green Day. If you're close to my <laughs> age or Evan's age, most mostly you'll say, "Oh, Green Day." That's yeah. a great Green Day mock. Oh, oh thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of goals, I think we we do want to take over Seattle pop punk. I think, I mean, you you mentioned that you do see kind of a, a a vacuum. You know, it's not the most visible thing. So we we think we can climb to the top of that pile. Can, That's our goal. I want to carry the flag, dude. Honestly, like I feel like with the kind of presentation we have as a band and how we present ourselves and want to you know, be some kind of staple for people to come back to in, in Washington. I think flat out, we can be the people that carry that flag and really make sure that people know about Seattle Pomp Punk and knowing that we can really print, really bring it We're yeah. right there with California, man. And then our shows are a party that you have a blast. Like, come yes. out. It's like straight up party. You All might ages. just see a hot dog if you come to one of our shows in Seattle. Like, flat oh, out. It, yep. was, it was sick. Maybe two hot dogs. Maybe two. For I, sale or no, not for <laughs> sale. No, 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 no. But I mean, like we we have this guy. We have a two friends that actually came out to a show. Uh, one of them actually showed up in the hot dog suit. But we had them come through <laughs> okay. for a later thing we have coming up. They dressed up as some lovely hot dogs. So every time I see one of them, I'm like, it's half of the two for twenty two, two for two, uh, two twenty two special at Seven Eleven. It's right there. Oh, gosh. So love it. How does a band know if they're like a top band in Seattle? Like for hip hop artists, you know you're a top artist if you're kind of signed. You know, so how does that work for you? I mean, it's back and forth, I want to say, because there's like, you have top artists and then you have artists that are just doing really well and they can be considered a top artist. I would say a top artist in our genre is going to be bands like the home team who are just, I mean, they've been at it for a real long time, you know? So it's, if you stick to it and you put out good music and you work hard, it pays off. And they're a prime example that it pays off if you work hard at it and their new record comes out here in a little bit congrats guys home team it sounds like it's gonna be good uh, Marshall Law Band another one okay. like it's it's taking what you're good at and rolling with it and making sure that it's fun you create this great atmosphere and that's something we want to do too like Marshall Laws have this awesome atmosphere that you can come out to and have a blast to and that's I love Marshall for that I met yeah. him at a McMinimins literally like two months before the pandemic hit Damn. and then the pandemic hit it's like <laughs> We've been trying to get a show. We'll get a show, College Radio Martial Law Band, pretty soon. Don't worry. We, we've we been talking about it. Hey, I'll, I'll help you. See, you're part of the NAS community. Marshall's been on the podcast a few times. He's my yeah, boy. Man. So how many genres of bands are there in Seattle? Two. Mm-hmm. Pop, punk, Good and, and bad. grunge. Pop, yep. punk, grunge. <laughs> yep. And that's our story. Just uh, rap and Bonda. Yeah. I think I saw Speed Folk somewhere. Yeah. No. We call it Spoke. Uh, I Seattle has jillions and jillions of, oh. of different genres of music. I think uh, Seattle definitely like can hold its weight against like a New York or San Francisco in terms of the variety of music. Like I went in somebody's basement up in like First Hill and just watched someone with like weird groaning noises just <laughs> shrieking, and there was like a whole day of that. Were they in pain or? No, I was. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I mean, anything you're into in Seattle, you can go see. There's a band that's just cheerleaders and they play. You can see just like electro shrieking <laughs> nonsense. You can see 
anything in this town. It's oh, it's. Do we have wonderful. cyber goths here? Yeah, you oh, know oh, we yes. do, bro. Oh yeah, I can show you the store where you buy the neon gas masks. Oh, dude. Like God. we got them, we They're got right them all. There with I those can big pants. I can tell you the guy Pilbergate just played at Tony V's. Absolutely, if you were there, you would have been happy. I had Sir Sly on, and that was the first time I'd ever learned about cyber goths, goth, and we we're just making fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like hey man they're they're out there doing what they want and having fun the like, industrial scene is wild that's a white yeah. people's culture right there. yeah <laughs> hey that's that's another one where we're talking about like we might we might not see them doing well and making money but they absolutely are it's just not necessarily in a space that's visible to us mm-hmm. but like there's people don't get all dressed up like that unless someone's paying them to man you i sure it. wouldn't Sometimes isn't that that's Satan music? Pop, pop punk isn't Satan music, right? Like when uh, I, old people are thinking of what little Nas isn't Satan. I'd feel like cyberpunk would no. be more cyber goth and <laughs> that goth stuff. So yeah, human. yeah. I mean, like I think playing on it, it's just like a deathcore band. Like <laughs> it's I have some tattoos that people instantly think that I'm a Satanist. Oh God, you have like a swastika or something? No, that's not Satanist. That yeah, would mean dude. I'm racist. There you go. <laughs> so I have, uh, I have an upside down cross on the back of my neck, and uh, takes up your whole back. Or oh hell yeah, no, <laughs> it's just the back of my little neck right here. Bada boom. But that's like, it's how do I put it? Shock value. Like you got like bands like Alkaline Trio, for instance. Like people Is that thought- a band in Seattle. They're a Chicago band, but okay. they're a pop punk band, well, an alt pop punk band that is more towards the satanic side, the dark side, upside down crosses, like, but it's still catchy and poppy. I would say it's more God. just gothic, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And gothic stuff, to be perfectly honest, is not satanic, it's Christian. Well, they all yeah. they all have memberships to the Church of Satan. Oh, do the yes. Alkaline Trio? Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Wow. The more you know. The more you know. I mean, they also have that song, <laughs> Hell Yes, uh, about Anton Levine. LeVay. LeVay. God, gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I have messed up multiple words today. Wait, so what is the main band genre or the top band genre in Seattle right now? Then? I don't know. That one, I think uh, there's no, I, you can't really categorize music much anymore because like one of the top pop punk bands is doing more of an, I would say, a different style of that pop punk. There's just that? so much side genres now. So like we're very poppy. But then you have that shoegaze pop punk or that like a like turnstile, for instance, is a what band. Shoe, is that a band? Shoegaze? No, shoegaze is just like a style of it's like I think it's more like atmospheric guitars working in like with high reverb or little tools and stuff like that. There's a band uh, actually out from my neck of the woods called Enumclaw that's kind Dude, of becoming big like that. Yeah. I need to. Ha- we're supposed to be on the pod. They're supposed to be on the podcast, but. I found out some weird stuff actually. So uh, the singer is Aramis, this drama right now? No, we... no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like this weird, like small world stuff. Like literally, we were on the same bus together in elementary school. And Yo, like, you need to like hit short, him up, the call Trado, and eat him. They were on the short I bus tried. together, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, small oh, world. Blast. Damn, no. It's just like it's so weird because it's like we. This is like a neighbor, a guy that I was on the bus with in elementary school, and now he's doing the same kind of stuff. We lost touch, so it's like I try, but it's not like I, I'm that tight with him. But it's just it's so weird to think this guy has also had the same kind of mentality and wanted to be in a band and do stuff like I've been doing. Is that the Steve Harvey guy? Yeah, yeah he's at the mustache. S- he's Steve Harvey hair. mixed with Tupac. I, <laughs> but like, it's just it's cool. 
cool to see that kind of stuff because it means like there's people in my scene out here that want to do it. Like my best friend and and through all the way to high school is in a is in a fucking metal chord. I can't even define their genre, but the band Extortionist. Can you be like a metal folk band? Is that a thing? Yeah. If you oh want, yeah. yeah. I mean, possible. sign they play me up. Ren fairs and stuff, dude. That was heavy. Give me my mead. Like what? Celtic Frost. <laughs> oh yeah. Just yeah, like, dude. I need my I, mead. I, I, I was talking to Gordon before, and I feel like Enumclaw needs to do some more research on their name, though. <laughs> Especially with the city and see, I thought they were from Enumclaw, and that's why they use the name. But I you guess can't not. Be a, you can't be a the lead guy can't be black and be called Enumclaw. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the best band since Oasis. What's I Oasis? thought that was Blur. Oh, don't say that to them. Wait, what was it? That's their the slogan: "Best band since Oasis." Oof. But but there's also Oasis and Blur. Blur is the more poppy side of that style, and then you have Oasis, who is like I would say work more towards it's like the the working man's band. Yeah, Enumclaw, we'd love to play with you. Seriously, mm-hmm. Aramis, hit me up again. I said, hey, it's fine. Have fun in New York. Have fun on that tour. Kill it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate all this band stuff. I've learned a lot. You know, I'm. I feel like these next few episodes I do with bands is really just learning about the culture of bands in Seattle because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a newbie. So mm-hmm. seriously, it's fun. Thank you. So, what is some advice that you each have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? We'll start with Evan, and with Gordon. Oh, just go to a lot of stuff. Get out of your house. Uh, unfortunately, you have to communicate with people and make connections with them and stuff. So. If, if there's a scene that you want to be a part of, just go and be a part of it as much as possible, and then you will just start getting folded into it, and you will you will get to start meeting those creators and those people that you need to work with within that scene so that you can be a part of it. Hell yeah. And what's the easiest way to reach you? Me? Oh, yeah. I would say uh, Instagram. I'm at Mountain Dew Bass Solo. <laughs> uh, or on Facebook, I'm uh, Evan, and it's a picture of me. <laughs> That's a good picture right too. too. Yeah, it's a clown picture on both of those. He's actually, clowning. it's, it's a... from an upcoming music video wherein I am dressed as a clown. Just don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to connect too. Um, yeah, it's the best way to do it. Go out and support. Support your local scene. Show up to everything that you possibly can, but also make sure that you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're vaxxed. And if you're not going to do the vax, just go get tested before so we can keep all doing this. That's my only little, I don't want to be pushy, but just so we can all keep doing this. Let's all take care of each other. Um, Don't come out if you're sick, but connect, make friends, um, put yourself in a situation that you might not be comfortable in to be more comfortable if you're not used to talking to people and connect. The biggest thing is connecting and meeting new people. Just pretty much what Evan said. That's all you really got to do. Yes, sir. And write good music. Yeah. (laughs) Write good music. You might not write good music to start off with. Obviously, I didn't. And (laughs) it got better when I met these guys. It almost doesn't even seem like that's all that important. Like, I see lots of bands doing very well that don't have any good music at all. I know. Well, I, I feel pretty. like the networking is much more important. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yeah. they just have good connections at that point. Yep. Uh, you know, honestly, I I, say, I double what they've said. I also say just don't quit. You know, uh, you may not have the hit song that you're looking for. You may not have the best band yet. But the fact is, it's all work. It's all going to boil down to what you put into it. So if you really want to make something happen, yeah, do the networking, connect with people, find your scene, find the people you want to mingle and work with, and then just work your tail off, practice, get yourself writing as much as you can and get out of that comfort zone with writing and letting yourself be vulnerable. And then, you know, the good things happen whenever you do the right things. So be supportive. 
Go and make sure you also make sure that network feels your support. Yes, sir. A, a big thing too is you got to make it more than just a hobby. If it's a hobby, awesome. A <sighs> hobby is great. But if you really want to make it as a musician, you have to make the leap. You have to not just touch your toes in the water. You have to dive in. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. A hobby is great. We all have our hobbies. But a career, you really have to you have to go head deep, like or yeah. full in, if that makes sense. Like uh, can't half-ass it. You have to practice every day. It's just like anybody that is a master at what they do, they have X amount of hours doing that one thing over and over and over again. So be ready to do that. And if you are ready to do that, then this is what you are made to do. Yeah, welcome to the scene. I mean, I feel like you can feel it. You can feel it whenever you talk about it. I remember having arguments with my dad because he he'd like on the sly try to say that like playing guitar or being in this band is a hobby and for some reason of all the things he could possibly say when he called it a hobby i knew i was like that didn't sit right with me so let's have this conversation mm. when you can feel that when you talk about this you know you're done your thing you know you're doing yeah. the right thing and what's the easiest way to reach uh you melvin uh, so you can find me on Facebook. My name's very basic. It's Melvin, last name's Smith. But uh, <laughs> my Instagram is GetFiddleGuy with three Ds, if I'm not mistaken. So it's how I say guitar. It's my Get Fiddle. There we go. And my advice is uh, hugs, not drugs. Hey, well, hey. Sometimes. Maybe drugs Maybe and hugs. A little, little California soberness. <laughs> Dude, do they, make, they make the hugs better. <laughs> as long as you're 21 years old, there is a thing that is okay and it's green and it comes from Mother Earth. I say that's all right. It I is called a... opium, and we love <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, there, do we do we see where, where, how people find you? I mean, you can find me the satanic way, I guess, because I'm Gordon underscore six six six. It's Gordon with an O, not an A. You make a pentagon and then pray to Satan, and he'll he'll appear. It's true, and you just got to put GLM instead of six six six. <laughs> um, and then uh, just Gordon McPherson on the Facebook College Radio PNW on all the socials and then add us on Spotify too guys if you're checking it out new single uh, 1159 is out right now with the music video there Ooh. you go so good uh, yep, next we're single we're going to sing it entirely acapella right now mm-hmm. alright let's get it three one, two. two and no <laughs> Keep your eye out for our next single. It's coming out October 15th. And that same day, you can check us out with Subjunctives and Coyote Bread at Daryl's. Sadly, it is a 21-plus show. So if you're over the age of 21, come party with us at Daryl's in Shoreline. And if you don't, get a fake. Hey, no matter what, just say hi. If you don't, we play loud, and they have thin walls. Mm -hmm. You could probably hear us in the parking lot. Get like a glass, (laughs) go right up to the brick wall or whatever kind of wall it is, and just kind of listen in. We'll have a good time. We'll we'll acknowledge you. We'll acknowledge you. Or Halloween. October 31st, Spanish Woo! Ballroom with uh, Cashing in Karma and Russian Blue. This is an all-ages show. It's a little bit early. Halloween, dress up, come out to Tacoma and party with us. Your we boys, might bring Flavortown. Your boys pulling a double shift that night. That's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Flavortown's coming at you that day. We're going to be the Fieris for one night only. <laughs> yep. This is the NAS Podcast with College Radio. College Radio. College Radio. <laughs> and-